We are back. Finally, we took a little break, but we are back, and we have got so many things to talk about. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, and my man, Bo. What's up, Bo? Hey, man. What's happening tonight? Oh, my goodness. I feel so good to be back on this podcast. That's what I'm going to tell you. I've had so many <laughs> things to say to so many people, but no one around me cared, and I didn't have any outlet, so I have been bursting at the seams, man. How about you? <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree. There's so much to uh, so much to critique and complain about to organizations that are much higher than we are that we know that take all of our advice seriously. So I think we should oh. dive right into it, man. What do you think? Right. Well, first, I think we need to talk about why we we were off the air for a little while. Um, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. This isn't easy, but I feel like it's therapeutic. Why don't you uh, talk about it, man? You had a little bit of an off and it didn't go well. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, as, as you know already, I, uh, I had a track day at, uh, on June 5th at uh, Carolina Motorsports Park. And, you know, first session right out of the gate, um, you know, we ran, ran a few laps and, and felt, you know, felt, felt good and, and didn't feel like I was really stepping outside of anything. And, and, uh, and then, you know, coming down the front straight, I, uh, I made a mistake. I missed the shift and then in getting the bike in gear, I looked down and took my eyes, you know, off of what was in front of me. And then, uh, uh, when I looked back up, you know, unfortunately there was, uh, uh, there was somebody that was, uh, had already, you know, entered their brake zone and, and, um, uh, you know, and I, I, misjudged the entry speed or excuse me misjudged the closing speed and i just made a made a really really uh, i'll say a really really bad error and irresponsible error and mistake on my part and um you know which went over the front of the bar locked, grabbed a lot of brake and and uh just had a pretty bad crash um so you know i i reached out to the rider reached out to the tractor organization um you know and said hey you know i'm, I'm really sorry about this error this was a you know, it's really it's an embarrassing error for me. Um, I'm pretty ashamed that that it happened. So you know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, the other rider that uh, that was involved, he he didn't didn't uh, sustain you know serious injury. Uh, his bike was damaged a bit, and he had some gear damaged a bit. Um, but uh, you know, thankfully, he didn't have uh, he didn't have a lot of injuries. Just some, I think some bumps and bruises. He was a little sore. Uh, but uh, I don't think anything was broken. I reached out to him, uh, you know, very shortly after the crash, and and uh, it didn't seem like he was he was too badly injured. Well, I, but but you were. I mean, you you took the brunt of that, and um, I mean, you you've had a tough road, man. Um, and you know, I look. I think I know that I would be doing the same thing you're doing and beating myself up over a mistake that we. We both know uh, we shouldn't make, but I think that's why we call them mistakes. And I think the biggest thing is that you and I, as people and as writers, and I think everyone can take a lesson from this, is that mistakes are going to happen. They just do. We are not perfect, and they even happen to professional-level writers. We see it every week, and we call them out on it, but you know what? Sometimes we do that too, and I think... You know, you have to learn from it and um, and just make sure that that doesn't happen again. But there was a number of things that happened to you as we talk through what happened that had to happen exactly at that moment that they happened to make that work out that way. 
And unfortunately, man, I just came to the conclusion that it was just your turn and that's not fair and fun and all that. And I have been there, you know, I, I crashed last year missing a rider, right? I mean, I made the mistake. I just luckily missed them. Um, and I luckily did not sustain any sort of injury like you did. Um, but I made the same mistake. So, um, I say, you know, learn from it, move on. And I'm just glad you're around. And I, and I will tell you that I had a ton of people in the community reach out to me because they don't have your number. And <laughs> hey, man, I just want to tell you that that's a big deal because that just means that in the community, you've acquitted yourself well. And I think yeah, I wanna... take everything else out of it. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to add that even before you started, uh, you know, say to say that I, I wanted to, to take a minute to thank um, everyone that, that really has, you know, reached out and, um, you know, it, you know, you and, and J1, especially, you know, you guys were, were, were there, you know, pretty much on scene same day. You know, of course, J1 was riding um, and you came down and, and uh, picked up the trailer and equipment and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's um to have the... Um, the amount of people that I've reached out and, you know, to, to check on me and to, to see how I'm doing and, and, you know, to offer encouragement. Um, you know, Jamie Starachi comes to mind. He just called me the other day and he said, uh, you know, I just felt compelled to call you and, and to chat, you know, so he and I, we talked for a few minutes, had a couple of laughs on the phone, you know, and that's good. And, um, but it's, it's been really, um, overwhelming, um, to, to, to have everyone reach out. And I just feel really, really, really blessed, uh, to know everyone and to be as close to everyone. And, um, you know, first and foremost, I can't thank my wife enough. You know, my wife was, uh, she was there. She watched it happen. Uh, I mean, and she's been just such an anchor through, through the entire process so far. And, and she's been unbearably strong and, and just has, has just been a rock, you know. And, you know, she's tough as nails. And, and I can't thank, can't thank the, you know, I can't thank her enough for what she does for me. And, and um, but, uh yeah, just just very blessed to 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 know everyone and to be as close as as I am to every to all you guys in the paddock. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, man, uh, you're from me personally. You're more than welcome. It was absolutely no nothing, and uh, I'm happy that you're okay. I'm 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 pleased that uh, it looks like your scenario, as bad as it could have been, is going to be about the best case scenario when you're going through this and you know man i look i know it sucked it had to suck and um, (laughs) i can't imagine the pain the anguish all of it but what i can tell you is that everybody that knows you in that community and in that paddock we want to see you back out there um, because you know it would be it would be a much much less fun place if you're not there man that's the truth so i'm hoping to see you back out when you're good and comfortable and recovered and that should be what like four or five days i mean that's what <laughs> yeah. we're looking at here <laughs> um, add, a, add, add a few few more to that so yeah i've got to, my first okay. follow-up is actually tomorrow so um yeah. you know next week well you know maybe we'll have a uh, an update on on where i'm at with the recovery and and kind of what time frame looks like but right now i'm probably looking at 2022 for track days again so okay well you know what that gives me uh plenty of time to try and stay in front of you and, and keep working <laughs> on my skills um, but at the same time, I'm serious that when I say that, you know, the, 
the track paddock won't be as good a place if you're not around and while you're out of there we're not going to like it so like i told you you know even even when you can't ride show up when you can you know comfortably get around again yeah and uh we want to see you out there to talk to you and and other and also i think it helps keep you in there and um get you motivated to come back and keep your rehab going and all that stuff so i wish you the best on your rehab i know how hard it's going to be as you know my my wife and i are kind of in that business and um so but i as you know anything you guys need you all you have to do is ask and you'll have it um but i think seeing the response from the community and how many people have reached out to me um man that's that just shows what how well you've acquitted yourself like i said if people think a lot of you and uh, i'll tell you what that there's not much better than that really to be yeah, honest and i, I love people i love everyone that we you know that we that we associate with in the paddock you know and and that we share laughs with we share you know we break bread with uh, you know the night before we ride with on the track it's just a, it, it's a it's an unbelievable family and I, I love every i love every single person that i've come across so far yeah, absolutely. Well, man, you know, look, I think I speak for everybody in that paddock when I say get well, recover <laughs> completely, and, uh, you know, just keep pushing through it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad, and there's going to be some dark days, but get through them and know that we got your back, and whatever you need, your community is behind you to help you do that. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. So... With that out of the way. With that out of the way, and you and you know finally that we like you, and you know how hard that is for me to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not one for uh, emotions and all that stuff, but I wanted to say it because it needed to be said. So now let's talk about some racing. What do you think? Oh, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. I, and okay. Yes. So we know we missed a lot of stuff, and, and, and we're not going to be able to fit everything in there so we'll quickly go over what happened in catalonia with moto 3 moto 2 and moto gp we'll talk about it a little bit the big stories coming out of that but then we'll move on to saxon ring and we'll talk about that as well uh and then we'll get into another we'll do world superbike and moto america but we're going to be touching on those we're moving through pretty fast you agree that's probably have to have to do it yeah yeah we're gonna ha- yeah we, we, we are and, okay and, and, and once right. again yeah sorry this is going to be pretty packed guys but um that's this is our catch-up episode to get right back on track so I refuse to apologize for making them listen to the velvet <laughs> tones of my voice. I, I have refused. But, um, all right, so let me start with Moto3. Let's just run down the top 10 finishers in Catalonia with Moto3. We had Sergio Garcia winning the race. Awesome to see Gas Gas on top of that podium. Um, and then we had Jeremy Alcoba finishing second. Dennis Onchu with his first MotoG podium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masia finishing fourth. Darren Bender finishing fifth. Gabriel Rodrigo finishing sixth. Pedro Costa in seventh. Nico Antonelli in eighth. Kaito Toba in ninth. And Stefano Nepa in tenth. Okay. Uh, and I wanted just to mention that my man, Ryusei Yamanaka, you know, go ahead, Street Fighter. He did finish in 14th. But anyway... Uh, and, and in 11th was Romano Fanati, so he's kind of notable, so I mentioned that. But what I saw in that race was Sergio Garcia ran a phenomenal race to pip it right there at the end from Jeremy Alcoba. 
And there were some interesting tactics from Alcoba in that race in the previous laps. I mean, did you see Alcoba swinging wide because he didn't want to lead? And I did. that and was that, really it, different. That was different. It, it, it's different, and it's also, you know, I, I don't think it's at some point. I think you that's not racecraft. It, it becomes, you know, if, if you, I feel like his lack of racecraft put him into that situation at that point in time, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because the, the the decision that he made to go wide and then sit up and like, well, I don't want to lead coming out of here. You know, I don't want to be in this position. That that should have been thought about before he got there. You know what I mean? Um, if that makes sense. Well, so Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talk- no, 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 no. You keep going because I'm going to dispute you. Well, okay. So, I mean, I, I wasn't happy when I saw all this happen, you know, and, and, and it was a little frustrating to me. And, and, you know, we've seen the Moto3 antics before and, and, and what happens. But the last lap was really, you know, it's re- it was really a fantastic lap. It was, yeah, it was really exciting, was. you know. Unfortunately, there was, you know, quite a big accident, um, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> at the bottom of the hill. Um, and, you know, a few riders... Uh, sustained some injuries. I think a Yuma, a Yuma Sasaki uh, actually got, yep. a, got a fairly poor, uh, got a, came out the worst. Gingerly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I hate that to, for him because he really started to have some some really good momentum in this race, I think. And, and he, he ran a really good race. Um, yep. But uh, but no, I mean, exciting last lap. Um, but once again, I mean, you know, I, I was pretty happy with that Dennis Onchu ended up on the podium. It was really good to see him. You know, he was fairly emotional yep. and and you yeah. know, that was a result that we know is there out of him. And hopefully we can see a lot more, you know, we'll see yeah, that build. Right. I agree. I mean, that's where he, I think he's, I think he should be in the top five nearly every week. I mean, I just think he's that talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but the term in terms of Jeremy Alcoba's idea. Now we know that Jeremy Alcoba is one of the larger riders. And at some point, turn one is becoming dangerous in Moto3. Yes. I mean, I, <laughs> I love it because it is exciting, but I don't know if it's exciting in the right way because they they haven't had a big problem there yet. So maybe I'm overreacting, but my goodness, that race, every time they came into turn one, I was like, oh man, somebody is going to be in trouble, but they didn't do it. But man, they were, it looked dangerous out there in turn one to me. So yeah, we're going to the what was the the, the last lap uh, going into turn one? Uh, Sasaki was way out of shape going in, and you know had the bike all kinds of make, making all kinds of shapes on entry, and yep. right in the yep. middle of a bunch of riders. So yep. I don't think you, I don't think you're overreacting. I think it's something that, but but there and again, you know, how do you say to a group of kids that are trying to move forward with their careers and this is their life and you know they're they're young uh, and ambitious oh sure how do you, how do and you they're bulletproof them, they're bulletproof right yeah, now yeah how do you tell them hey don't race as hard yeah you, you know, can't I, you know i don't you can't I, you're you're right but i think the fim here we go the fim has made that stupid yellow flag yeah. qualifying lap rule right Mm-hmm. I mean, for safety of riders. So you're telling me that this is safe? I mean, really? Yeah. So I just I so I don't want to see them hurt the racing, but I would like to see some consistency for the FIM. If they're like, hey, this is basically a death race. I mean, okay, but don't do it on some things and not on others. Now I think that where this really comes into play is obviously the long straights, right? I mean, we see that on the long straights. Okay. 
So maybe what we're getting into now are the tracks that don't really have that. We won't see it so much. So maybe if it's only happening at three to four tracks a year, I don't know, but it, it right. truly is crazy in there. And what well, kind of mentioned is, turn one's a busy turn. It, you know, it's it, not. It really it, is. It's not like uh, Qatar where you have a real long right hand sweeper. You know, right. Catalonia is right left bam. As soon right, as you're yeah. in turn one, you're getting ready for turn two. So that that right. becomes a very one line through there and and they're all fighting we have 12 bikes that are fighting for one line and, and well i would say that i agree with you except that the moto three guys proved me wrong i mean there was like seven different lines through there i mean they were <laughs> so i mean but but my thing about alcoba was he knew that he could not be leading he had to have the draft of someone else and so i get where you're coming from but to me that shows that kid is thinking while he's on the bike now he doesn't always think the right thing. I mean, we see, we'll see it. We'll talk about it for next week. You know, it, with the Saxon ring, what happened to Jeremy Alcoba, but he doesn't always do the right thing, but he's at least thinking. And I thought it was pretty interesting that actually what he caused, Pedro Acosta made the mistake of trying to do what he did. And I think that cost Pedro Acosta from being on the podium, and he was finished in seventh. Mm -hmm. I feel like Pedro Acosta mismanaged that a little bit, um, showing me once again that as brilliant as he is, he is human. Um, but before the race even started, Ricardo Rossi crashed on the warm-up lap. No. <laughs> I saw that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, my other... Um, I guess notes from that race were that I feel like Guevara, even though he crashed, has kind of found his form in that race. He was right at the front most of the race. Mm -hmm. um, McPhee had a scary crash. I mean, that could have gone oh, yeah. all that... sorts of wrong. Mm -hmm. um, he did that to himself out of the lead, but that bike sliding through there, how no one else fell and got hit, I don't know. But, oh, my gosh, that was so lucky. Uh, it, unfortunately for... Andrea uh, Mino, yeah, he ended up uh, yeah, Andrea Mino, yeah. you know, Tatsuzuki Suzuki hit him. What is Suzuki has got to finish more races? It's getting to the point of ridiculous now. I think that's what nine out of eleven or eight out of eleven. He's not finished. Um, that's too much. Um, no, I, I agree. There's way more talent there than, yeah, than the results are yeah. showing. I think the reason I was talking about turn one is there was a single move from Rodrigo cutting across the front of Pedro Acosta that I thought that I cringed when I saw it. I don't know if you remember it, but my goodness, man, he literally missed Acosta's front wheel by millimeters with a sweep across to the left. And I thought, man, they have to do something about turn one. Um, but you know, I think we should give a lot of credit to Sergio Garcia for that race. I mean, that was a tough race, and he chose correctly. I mean, he made all the right decisions throughout that race. He would get shuffled back. He'd work his way back through, and he was there at the end, and that's he was in the right place at the right time at the end, and that's to be commended. Yeah. What do you think? No, absolutely. He he rides very poised. I think, uh, and, and he he just it doesn't seem to to get out of shape a lot, you know. And and you know he ebbed and flowed with that race. He started in twelfth. Uh, excuse me, no, no. He started in nineteenth, and uh, you know yeah. after lap one he was in in twelfth position, and and really ebbed and flowed inside the top ten <clears throat> all the way, you know, until the end of the race. And actually, at the end or at the beginning of that of the last lap, I think he was in ninth place. 
or eighth place and, you know, ended up winning the race. So, you know, that could, that just shows you that, I mean, it, it's, it's anyone's game when it comes to Moto3. And, um, no, I, I think it was a good, a good, uh, good race out of Sergio Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I really wanted to praise on Chu for doing the right thing in that race and finishing and, and getting his first podium and, and not, and also Masia for, you know, keeping it under control. Um, and now he did get demoted. Um, right. That's why on Chu. Yes. yes. Um, but you know what, at the same time, you know what, he, he rode a pretty good race and he got some good points there. I'm disappointed right now with Darren Bender. I, I don't know what's going on, but it's not good. And uh, I think he's got to pick it up. I, but at this point, you know, after this race, I I kind of feel like I don't know if anybody's got anything for Pedro Acosta in the championship. Because even when the guy makes mistakes and he does poorly, he's in that top 10 and, you know, challenging for it. So, you know. And, and, and you know, it needs to be mentioned that Pedro Costa started this race in 25th place. Uh, he did. He, he moved. So. Yeah, he moved up a long way. So, you know, he finished in seventh, but he and he probably squandered some chances. But he still yeah. went up 18 places. So good on Pedro Costa. He's a he's advert. He's human. He's young, but he is as advertised. That's the way I feel about him. No, absolutely. I completely agree with that statement. Okay, well, that's what I've got from Catalonia with Moto Three. Let's move to Moto Two. Bad day for for, uh, for a rough day for the Americans, huh? Oh my gosh, yeah. So look, I, just to start off, you know, I I mean, Joe Roberts finishing in tenth, that's okay. Um, Bobier finishing in nineteenth, not as good. But I am. Let me just go through the top ten real quick. I'm, Remy Gardner finishing first, Raul Fernandez second, Chavi Vieje third, Marco Bezecchi fourth, Augusto Fernandez in fifth, Bo Ben Snyder in sixth, Sam Lowe's in seventh, Marshall Schroeder in eighth, Samkit Chantra in ninth, and Joe Roberts in tenth. Uh, <laughs> okay. Remy Gardner is. It's between Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez for this championship, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong. I can't. Uh, and I, 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 I mean, I, I like Remy Gardner. I, I like the way he carries himself in the paddock. He seems so laid back. He, he just seems like he's calm all the time. It seems like it's a different Remy Gardner than we saw two years ago. Um, and this KTM team right now is just so strong. Uh, and, and Remy Gardner just runs fantastic races it's it i can't i can't i I can't i can't say anything you know ill of remy gardner right now it's just he's i can't say anything about him or raul fernandez like in this catalonia race they were both brilliant i mean yeah remy was just better yeah absolutely so i mean remy's on fire going into the saxon ring truthfully that's two race wins in a row or wait a minute yeah is that right am i wrong um, that was that was the second race win in a race win in a row, because he won it at uh no wait a minute maybe that was the hang on he Let's won in Mugello right. yeah he he won in Mugello he won in Mugello he won in Catalonia yep. and, and yep. definitely had a lot yep. of, a lot of momentum going into uh to a yeah. Saxon ring as well that's right 
So, I mean, he's just on fire. And, and I think, you know, um, when he doesn't win, he's just proven that he's mature and he gets mm-hmm. what he can get. And, and that's that's it. You know, it, it's just tough. And, you know, Chad Vieje finishing on the podium is a long time coming. I, I've been looking for that guy to do something with some consistency. And maybe this race was good for him and get him kick-started, get him some confidence or whatever. Um, but I, I don't... I don't think we can say enough about the job of Akiyo and his effect or influence on the pe- the riders that f- ride with him. I mean, yes. this guy has done wonders for Remy Gardner. Raul Fernandez obviously came in with a lot of talent, but Io has put him in the right direction because it does, just because you have talent doesn't mean you do what he's doing right now. Right, right. Well, I mean, he was in the KTM team, Io team, and Moto Three as well. You know, so they've had right. They, they knew they Fernandez. knew what they were getting. Yeah, but but even you know from the the Moto Three days with Raúl Fernandez to now to listen to him speak in, in his post race interviews, he is just so poised and and business and and, and it just it, I mean he seems he seems aged beyond his years you know it's just the way that he carries himself is just it's he's all business in the paddock and and uh, i mean i respect that i think he's a phenomenal rider and i'm gonna go i'll go so far as to say as far as a racer goes he reminds me a lot of jorge lorenzo um there's just a lot of consistency out there and uh, you know we know lorenzo was a demon on a bike um but uh, oh yeah i I feel that way about uh, and that's that's just kind of the the and, and I don't say that um, in any negative way. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Jorge Lorenzo. I'm not a huge fan um, off a bike, but but on the bike, I think Lorenzo was, you know, obviously one of the best riders that we've seen come through. Um, and and I just see a lot of that in Raúl Fernandez. I think he's going to go far. Yeah, I I would agree. I, I think you know, barring injury, I think we see this kid in MotoGP very soon. Though I did see some news that Patronus had reached out to Raul Fernandez and he kind of declined. And, and they so, respected that relationship too. They they kind of dropped it after that and like, all right, we're not going to pursue it out of respect, you know, for the KTM team and what they have going on. And which I, you know, great that that's good. And I, and I think that's a really mature decision actually from Raul Fernandez to say no, you know, I want to stay here another year and and possibly fight fight, fight for a championship. And, and I think that yeah. he's obviously fighting for a championship now as a rookie. So, you know, I would love to see him, you know, as a Moto2 champion and entering a MotoGP. Yeah, I would I would love to see him win a championship in Moto2 as well because I I think honestly I think he will um, if Remy Gardner leaves, um, which it looks like that that's a done deal already. So yeah. um, he is going to leave. So he, you know that. All right. So the other thing I want to talk about was Marco Bezecchi. Um, I just don't think he's as fast as the IO boys. I just don't think he is. And I think that's just the way it is. I, I, I don't, I'm not mad at Marco, but I just don't think he has the speed that they have right now. I think he's. I think he's missing a lot. Something out of the front end of that bike. Uh, there's a feeling. It feels that way, doesn't on, it? And he complains about it at just about every race. It seems that he's struggling on the front. Um, so, so maybe if there's just something he's not sure where that limit is. It could be something that we've seen with like Fabio Quartararo last year with the Yamaha. That he just didn't it have that be. feeling, and you know, for you know, 
Fabio said the front was there, and then all of a sudden it was gone. You know, maybe Marco's starting to feel on that just a little bit. So maybe that's something they might be able to sort out. Um, you know, some practice time. We've got a break coming up. You know, summer breaks coming up after this week. Um, so you know, maybe some time off, some time away, crew chief reset. You know, and, and then come back at it. So, but no, I yeah, agree well, with you. I just don't think I don't think he's got it right now either. No, but you know what? He is definitely still in there fighting and i love yes. it you know i like Bazeki. um and you know he's doing his thing and he's bringing you know, the bike home too like, yeah and i mean you cannot fault what he's doing this year i honestly just don't think the bike is right right now and i right. but he is he's doing everything he can um sam lowe's is not in good form right now in my opinion um i completely regret singing his praises at the beginning of the year like i was i just thought you know i did put the caveat let's see what happens when he goes to europe and all that but after the first two races of the year there's the sam lowe's that we saw race the first two weeks has not shown up right and i don't think that we can regret that i mean obviously we can say hindsight's 2020 you know we can only react to the evidence that we're given and and what we saw at hand was sam lowe's was riding on a completely different level than than remy Gardner and raul fernandez and then then we saw something click with that ktm team and they've been you know unstoppable since and and we've seen sam lowe's really be his own kryptonite um you know at the end of the day we saw some 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 crashes some poor decisions and and some uh, i won't call them stupid mistakes but we've seen some mistakes out of sam lowe's that um almost seemed that they happened out of desperation um you know the the crash at lamar was a desperate lunge to make a pass um, yeah that was a muppet move yeah and <laughs> And <laughs> so and I agree. So now the good thing about this race, though, was that Sam was saw the checkered flag. You know, Sam, he finished, he started the race in eighth and finished in seventh. Um, so at least he saw a checkered flag and saw a result. So um, I, I agree, though. I just think Sam, something's happened to Sam Lowe's in that in that box. Yep. And well, uh, he's beat himself up with all these crashes a little bit, to be honest. I mean, physically this break can't come fast enough. Right. right? I mean, and he's an older, he's, he's not old, but he's yeah. an older guy in that, in that grid, yeah. you know, he's fighting against Raul Fernandez and Remy Gardner who are young guns and, and they're, yep. they're a little yep. bit more resilient than he is. You know, we wake up in the morning after a crash and you know, we can feel it, you know, as we get older, it oh, takes a lot. I wake up in the morning and feel it that you could have stopped right there. It's not after a crash. Like I wake up in the morning and feel it. I'm sure a lot of those guys do too. But you're right, man. I mean, we can't regret it, but I just, I am surprised that he's fallen off and yeah. he's quickly become almost irrelevant in the championship, right? I mean, he. Yeah, it's quickly he, happening. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's, it's, it's just, it's not good. But speaking of irrelevant in the championship, Joe Roberts. <laughs> I love my American guys. But I'm going to say it. I I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say it out loud. I don't. But Joe is just not. It's a bit he's disappointing. Got, it's disappointing. He's got the best, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the paddock. And this is what he's doing. Now, he's not as disappointing disappointing as Dallaporta. Right. He's doing better than Dallaporta. So maybe it isn't 
Joe, and maybe the bike is a problem, but... Well, you have to think, uh, before we go that far, remember remember what bike he's on right now. The I know, it that, won the championship last year. Right, so, you know, and, I, and I, that's why I don't want to let Joe completely off the hook right now. Um, you know, we just see a lot of inconsistency out of Joe, and, and we see really fast days, and we see, but it, sometimes it seems like with the days that he's really fast and he knows that he's really fast... He has a desperation to get to the front, and on his way to the front, that's when he makes his mistakes, and we see him on the floor. Uh, we saw. It well, he needs to learn to start. He does not start well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, uh, true, absolutely. That, uh, that's a fact. And he, but and he always comes through the pack, you know. And, and he started this race in Catalonia in seventeenth, and he finished on in tenth place. So, the, the the speed is there, but like you said, we got to see better qualifying, and we have to see better starts. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I just, Joe, I'm wishing you the, I'm sending all of my riding ability to you. That is not helpful at all, that means but I'm doing it as a gesture of goodwill. So just say thank you and give it back to me or whatever you want to do. But I mean, <laughs> look, I, I just want, the other thing is, you know, I think, um, it's more magnified for us as Americans when there's only two Americans in the paddock. Yeah. yeah. If there were 15 Americans in there, we wouldn't think about it so much. So it's a little unfair to Joe to do that, but I'm doing it. So there we are. And he's got um, that. I'm sure he feels that pressure too. You know, and, and yeah. I think that he's taking a bit of a media backseat to Cameron Bobier as well, which might play a little bit in this, in, uh, into his psyche just a little bit. Um, yeah, the media loves talking about Bobier. I mean, they do. Um, you know, the other thing they love to talk about is that they shouldn't be passing each other because they're letting someone give a, get away. How many times a race do they say that? Do they think that they're teaching us something or they just don't know what else to say? <laughs> like, I, the, I, am I wrong? They say this over and over and over. I know, and so do the writers, and... So maybe they're just chewing it for the people that might be watching for the first time. But there's a lot more of us than there are of them. So let's talk about anything else mm -hmm. except that when you start chopping it up with another rider, the rider in front of both of you loses, gets away because you're losing time. I mean, we get it. Oh, my gosh. Please stop. But... um the other thing is that in this race, Kinnett really, really struggled. And Aaron Kinnett, when he is good, man, he's fast, but I, he's struggled his last few races, and he yeah. was really nowhere, man. He, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with that, you know, with that, that Bosco. He's on, no, he's on the NTS chassis, isn't he? No, he's on Bosco um, Score. Oh, I'm sorry, Bosco. Yeah, so... He's on the Bosco Scuro, and 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 he just cannot seem to figure it out. I mean, yeah, it's feast or famine for yeah. Kenet this year, and, and yeah, and we see it on the podium, and then we see him in the in the gravel. So um, it's just, right. You never know what you're you, gonna get. Do you think it's bike or rider or both? Honestly, it's hard for me to say because in Portugal he looked amazing on the bike. You, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, and and but. But, you know, this race in Catalonia crashed out, you know. And, and, so, I don't know. So an answer the question. I don't know. I I, I think it's it's got to be it's got to be Ryder, I think. You know, maybe there's some desperation Ooh. there. And he's pushing.
pushing a bit over over the limit, you know. And well, um, okay, are you putting him on the bow bus? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm oh. not because because I don't think that they are. I don't think that they're. I can't say that they're stupid mistakes. I think that they're they're mistakes that are made out of a sense of urgency. Um, mm, okay. You know, and and maybe it's it's not necessarily the the sense of the urgency that for the 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 right then it, it's the situation that he's in. You know that he's, yeah. he hasn't had very good. He hasn't had a lot of good um, finishes. He's feeling some pressure. He knows that he needs to perform. He feels like he should be at the front of this this grid, which he should be. Um, so, you know, maybe they, these these mistakes that we're seeing, there he is overriding the bike, you know, because of where he's at, and and he's trying to do a little bit too much, and and maybe that speaks more, you know, as as I'm as I'm talking through this, maybe that speaks more to the bike actually to say, okay, maybe this Bosco Scura chassis is not where. It's obviously not where a Calix chassis is, right? Um, no, it's not no, nearly. Well, what as, is? It's not nearly yeah. as consistent, consistently fast as as a as a Calix is. We've seen you know little glimpses of brilliance out of a Bosco Square chassis with certain riders on it, but we don't see the consistency like we do out of a Calix. Nor do they have the data, you know, that Calix has to to go back and to compare and and to really see how to make the bike better. So, uh, you know, that could be possibly Aaron Connett trying to, to, to help take on that role is that, okay, let's, let's, let's take this bike to the next level and, and make it competitive. Um, so I, I, I wasn't a huge Aaron Connett fan when he was in Moto3, but, um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of coming around to him a little bit and I, I would like to see him be very successful in Moto2. I think that the talent's definitely there. Oh, for sure, the talent's there, and also I like his neck tattoo. So, I think it's an everything know. tattoo. Uh, yeah, no, Aaron's never seen a tattoo parlor he didn't like. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I had the same same thought about people cutting across the nose in Moto Two. I saw that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I think the FIM should maybe address that a little bit. And um, as many cameras as we have around, you can figure out how close they were. Um, because sometimes it's a little bit dangerous, and I think it's a, a poor. I think it's. I don't think it's very sportsmanlike to do that either. Um, so I think I w- that's something I would like for the FIM to take a look at. But most likely they will not. What they will do is put more green paint down in the middle of the track so that they can they can meet people, dock people points, and move them back six seconds. And you know, so that'll be cool. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't say that. <laughs> I think it's a cheeky move. I, I think it's an aggressive move. I think it's a hard move, but um, I, I can't. I, I don't agree with the FIM stepping in to regulate that and, and to say you know. And I, and I say this as as someone as a you know as a as a tracktail rider that never wants to get hurt and never wants to see anybody else get hurt. Um, I don't want to see any rider get injured, you know, from an aggressive move or, or something that happened. But I also, that's what these guys live for. They live to race hard. They, they ride with each other, you know, all the time. They are comfortable with one another, I think, on track. They, they are all predictable. They all, they all kind of get inside of each other's heads sometimes, I think. Um, and I don't think that any one of those riders that has their nose cut off um, by that rider cutting in front, 
I don't think that that if that if the, if the, if the roles were flipped, right? I don't think that they would think twice about making that move either, because it's, that's the kind of trust that they have with the the guys that they share the track with, um, and they that's the, the level the talent level that these guys have as well. Um, and I, now it, you know as we if you see a wild card come in, um, and say that wild card for one weekend is immediately fast and is is throwing moves like that that are really aggressive and, and kind of out the window. I think those stand out um, a little bit more. I think those are those are the outliers that they should address. Those are what they you know. The, and we've seen we've kind of seen that before um, with Darren Bender. You know, Darren Bender had a reputation in Moto Three. He was dive bomb Darren. He would throw it up the inside of anyone, and not without a whole lot of regard, you know, for safety all around. And now we've seen it, that him take a step back away from that, and he rides a little with a little bit better judgment now. So I think at the at the two the Moto Two level and, and the Moto GP level, and, and I think by that time they they have a little bit better judgment about them. They're not going to make the move unless they're. I don't want to say fairly certain because we know what happens on track and turn two at Catalonia is a very precarious turn. We saw, especially with temperatures at that track, that's a low grip track. Um, uh, you know, they're not going to make those moves unless they're, they're fairly confident that they're going to be successful in it. Um, so it, just stuff like that, you know, I think that we might, um, I just don't want to see the FIM step in to try to regulate something like that. Okay. Well, I disagree, but I'm glad that we disagree. That's that's a form. I like the debate, and <laughs> you know I see what you're saying. I I hear your points. I just disagree with most of them, uh, mostly because I'm smart, um, but also because uh, that's just the way I feel about it. I I don't like it when the guys do that. So I, I'm fine with you passing someone. I don't think. If you're swinging out wide and fast right off their nose, I'm sure that there is some form of gamesmanship with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to your point, if they're not touching each other, big deal. But I just don't want to see it that something happens that causes a rule to be put in place. Um, but you're right. These guys are extremely high-level riders and they're professionals. So maybe I should just take my uh, amateur ideas and keep them to myself. But I think we should end it right here, and then we'll move on to uh, Fabio Gate and MotoGP <laughs> in the next one. That sounds good, Jason. Hang tight, guys. We'll jump right over the next one.